Tonight am I my brother's keeper. Perhaps one of the most thought-provoking questions that we have in all the Bible is that one that was asked by Cain. Cain had killed his brother because God had accepted the gift of Abel, but not that of Cain. Genesis chapter 4, note beginning at verse 3. And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord, and Abel also brought firstlings of his flock, and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and his offering he had not respect, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? If thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. The Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? This is a question that each and every one of us would do well to ask ourselves today. And that is, Am I my brother's keeper? There's the story told that the mummified body of a man named Bill was found sitting in his chair several years ago in front of a TV set. The doctors determined that he had been dead for more than four years. He was only 51 years old, and no one reported him missing. He didn't have any relatives. He lived in an attic apartment in an unoccupied house. The body was discovered when a real estate agent went to inspect the house for someone that had inherited the estate. The man was unemployed, and an autopsy showed that the man died of natural causes. Back in 1994, the owner of the house determined that it was empty after several warnings, and these were left on the door that he needed to pay the rent while these notices went unheeded. The water and the electricity were turned off, but nobody ever bothered to check the apartment. Here was a man dead for four years, and no one knew about it. I think that we recognize this is a common problem that we have in our land today, that there are those people out there tonight that are lonely. One of the saddest statements that we have made in all the Bible is found in Psalms 142 at verse 4, when in the last part of this verse that we find that David said, no man cared for my soul. This is the picture that is given as he was fleeing for his life and he was in the cave. And Saul was after him. 
And David comes with this statement that no man cared for my soul. We have a responsibility to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. And we need to recognize that we have a responsibility to mankind being fellow creatures of God. Let us know very briefly, and we'll only scan this part of the lesson as many scripture references are given here. The responsibilities that we have one to another. Number one, we are to love one another. Now, as we pointed out in the lesson this morning, we emphasize this that Jesus says in John 13, 34, and 35. But there's something that I want us to note in particular. And this is quite often we hear those people where I come from, that is out in the country, uh, we need to do this and we need to do that because God commanded it. Well, this is something that I'm afraid that we do not realize. That when it comes to the matter of love, loving one another, that our Lord has commanded that we love one another. There again in John 13, 34 and 35 find that Jesus said, A new command I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. Note this, Jesus said a command, in fact, a new command I give unto you. And I think everyone in the congregation tonight recognizes why. Jesus said that it is a new command, and that is the extent of the love that we're to have for each other. He said, the love that I have for you, and that is that we would come to the point that we would give our life for another. Again, there in John 15 at verse 12, Jesus said, this is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. And then note in verse 17 that he said, These things I command you, that ye love one another. So Jesus commanded that we love one another. Let us know for the next few minutes how many times we find that this phrase pops up, one another. Over and over again, we find that the Scriptures say that we are to love one another. Note Paul's teachings along these lines. First of all, in Romans chapter 13 and verse 8, the first part of the verse, Paul said that we're to owe no man anything. But note, in the last part of the verse, he says, He that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. And then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 at verse 9, Paul says, As touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you, for ye are taught of God to love one another. Paul said that I tell you some things about brotherly love, but he said, You know 
You know exactly what you're to do. As you have been taught of God, that is, you have been commanded of God, that you are to love one another. But then, note, not only did Paul say that we're to love one another, but we find that Peter also said that we're to love one another. Verse that we often quote, and a lot of times we're approaching this from a different standpoint, is found in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. When Peter said, Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, Unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Note that. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. And then we could go on and on, but note as we go to the book primarily of 1 John, first of all, and we see here that John points out that we are to love one another, 1 John 3, 11, and he said it's not like Cain loved that we are to love one another. And then note as we go into the fourth chapter, the seventh verse, that is of 1 John, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. And then note in Second John, the only chapter, the fifth verse, John writing here said, And now I beseech you, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. Again, John says a new commandment. What is that new commandment? Simply that we love one another. Now then the question is, how are we going to show our love for one another? Now let us know very quickly. We'll only note the phrases here, but in Romans 15, 7, we find that Paul says that we are to receive one another. In Romans 14, 19, he says that we are to edify one another. We are to serve one another. In Galatians 5, 13, we're to bear one another's burdens. In Galatians 6, at verse uh, 2, and then forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven us. In Ephesians 4, 32, Submitting one to another, Ephesians 5.21, and exhorting one another, Hebrews 3.13. Consider one another to provoke unto love and good works, Hebrews 10.24. And we are to show hospitality to one another, 1 Peter 4 at verse 9. Now then, when we look at all of these, what I would like for us to do in the main burden of the lesson tonight is that we stop and take primarily these things that we have just noted, that we're to receive one another, we're to edify one another, serve one another, bear one another's burdens, and on down the line. And I would like for each of us to stop, to look at our situation and to evaluate 
our role as our brother keeper. Now then, there are primarily two areas that I want us to look at. And this first area, it just deals with the relationship that we have to each other in the Lord's church. What we're talking about when one obeys the gospel. We might be taking into account one that moves into the community and begins to attend the services of the church here. But then at the same time, we might be talking about that one that comes through those doors service after service after service. Maybe they're not those people that are falling all over them and passing some of the compliments that we've heard passed today. Well, what is our stance toward these people? No sooner than we arrived in town last night, we called back home and someone said that this lady was trying to get in touch with us. I say us and I say me and somebody today said, Travis still says we, and trying to get in touch with me to tell me that her sister had died. Well, you say sisters die all the time. Well, that's true. But then she apologized to the one that she called and said, I forgot that he was going to Talladega for a meeting. It was a week ago last night that I picked up the phone and I called this lady, and she's two years younger than I am. And I asked her how her brother was doing. She said, very low. Just a few days left. And just like we we were speaking in the lesson this morning, I finally came to the point and I said, Glenda, I don't know anything else to say except I just wanted you to know that I'm thinking about I didn't want to come all the time at services of church and come up to you in front of everybody and ask you about your brother. She said, I understand. She said, Travis, you're the first one that's called me. This man's been at the point of death for six weeks. Six weeks. And I said, how long have you been attending services here? She said, 45 years. 45 years. She said, I was right over here in Clay County. Grew up in Lionsville. I'll not tell you anymore. You, you, some of you will know her. Faithful member of the Lord's church down through the years. And she comes in and everybody hiding, how do you do, and whatnot. 
But I said, uh, you feel left out. And she said, you better believe it. But a week ago tonight, our zone met, and this lady happens to be in the zone. This year, she has not attended one of those zone meetings. But she was there last Sunday night, and she brought a good chocolate pie. Hey, chocolate pie, that didn't mean a thing. But the fact that she was there, and then the fact that she was trying to get in touch with me, last night. We need to recognize that it's very easy to just overlook some people. You can hear the sound of loneliness at night when you crawl into a bed half empty because your spouse has left. You can hear it loudly when it is so quiet and the children have all left home and your spouse is dead. You can hear it in an empty mailbox when no one writes you anymore. You can hear it in that quiet house when the telephone doesn't ring because nobody calls you anymore. We need to stop and think of our relationship to brothers and sisters in Christ. Newcomers especially, those that have recently been baptized into Christ, do we receive them into the family of God or do we ignore them? Paul said we need to receive one another in Romans 15, verse 7. And what it comes to sometimes, that is just making sure that certain people are included in the activities of the local congregation. Or do we leave these people a lot of times out there on the fringe, all by themselves? But then again, Romans 14, 19, he mentioned the fact that there are those that need edifying. Do we edify brothers and sisters in Christ or by by our actions are we known to put a stumbling block in their way. We need bodybuilders. Those that are encouraging each other in the body. There was a little fellow that Sigmund Freud tells about that was expelled from school. Oh, yes, he was a troublemaker. He wanted to get attention. But rather than go home when he was expelled from school, 
He sat outside the principal's office and he was throwing rocks against the window. The principal went outside and confronted the little fellow. And he said, what do you mean by this? And he said, I just wanted everybody to know that I'm still here. You know, there are probably those brothers and sisters in Christ tonight that would just like for us to know that they're still here, that they're still out there. I like that statement that is made of Philemon in the seventh verse when Paul says that he refreshed the heart of the brethren. We need to stop and think about this. Is this something that could be said of us that we refresh the hearts of the brethren? I mean, I've already been on the phone. I've been calling back on. I've asked, give me, give me the details of this funeral. When it'll be? Hey, we got to go. We've got to go. And we need to recognize that we need to take advantage of opportunities of encouraging others and being an example of what Christians ought to be in taking the lead along these lines and as we're going to mention in one of the morning lessons, I think what it boils down to a lot of times is simply the attitude that we have. Granted, some of these things sometimes they're not so easy to do. But if we would try doing them, we would find we were the one that have received the blessing, certainly the one that we're ministering to and helping. Uh, they've received the blessing from this, and we're the one above all that would receive the blessing. But then in the next place, we ask the question, do we submit to others, or do we leave the attitude that uh, we're above them? And that we rule over them. We need to take into account what Paul had to say there in Ephesians 5.21 when he said submitting to one another. I'm afraid that this is one of the big problems that we've had in the body of Christ. And that is coming to the point that we're trying to impress somebody else. It's very easy for us to be all filled up with self and to forget about those out there that are in need. And as we think of that statement made in Galatians 5, verse 13, to serve one another, we need to ask that we deserve our fellow man, our brothers and sisters in Christ in love. Or do we expect 
to serve them. And then the next one. Do we demonstrate hospitality to these people? To others. Someone was asking me about this this morning. And I came right out and said, well, this is one thing the last couple of years that I've tried to do. And that is the thinking of other people and at least once a month firing up that smoker, putting those six chickens on there, smoking those chickens, and I'll tell you, Joy and B and Ophelia, those widow women, boy, they think I'm the greatest cook in the world. They don't know, you know, we can't do it without Benita. But then, you baked beans, a little potato salad. Not because you've got to. You've got to love this kind of thing. They say it's good. I don't know if it's all that good or not, but I'll tell you, they can't receive the blessing that we receive. In doing this kind of thing, nothing to compare with it. Just making that call sometime and knocking on that door. Nothing can take the place of it. Benita asked me if I was going to use this. I said no. I like to sit in my recliner on Sunday morning and with my sermon in mind, best I can go through it without the outline, but with my mother's Bible. She left some four years ago when she passed on. I thought that I had pulled out all the notes out of that Bible. But about two weeks before she had that, last stroke. I made my token visit on a Friday afternoon, and when I was leaving, oh yes, I'd spent a full hour with her, and I had to go home. And she said, Travis, you don't know what loneliness is. Oh, I may not, Mother. And that was about it at that time. But then I turned back to Deuteronomy 4 last Sunday morning. Here was a clipping that Mother had taken from a bulletin of mine when I was up here at the site. Just like Mother talking to me. A prayer for those who live alone. I live alone, dear Lord, stay by my side. In all my daily needs, be thou my guide. Grant me good help, for that indeed I pray, to carry on my work from day to day. Keep pure my mind, my thoughts, my every need. Let me be kind, unselfish in my neighbor's need. 
Spare me from fire, from flood, malicious tongues, from thieves, from fear, and evil ones. If sickness or an accident befall, then humbly, Lord, I pray, hear thou my call. When I'm feeling low or in despair, lift up my heart and help me in my prayer. I live alone, dear Lord. Yet have no fear, because I feel your presence ever near. We know so many of these, don't we? Let us take the time to spend a little time with these good people. Let them know their love and their appreciation. But then there's another thing that enters in. Not only just regular relationships as brothers and sisters in Christ, but there are those difficult times when a brother is overtaken in a fall. We need to consider that we have a responsibility to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Now then, as we quoted this morning, looking at it again, there in Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, the writer says, Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works not forsaking the assembling, assembling of ourselves together as the matter of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. There are a lot of times we look round about us and we see those that have quit attending the services of the church. Sometimes we have a sharp tongue and we're ready to criticize these people and I'm not defending anyone that drops by the wayside, whatever the reason might be. But then at the same time, I'm asking, do we even consider those that might have become unfaithful? Paul had a lot to say in Galatians 6 at verse 1 when he said, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fall, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. When we see one that has become unfaithful, whatever, We need to consider and it would be very easy for us to say and maybe we should say there I go. There I go. But for the grace of God. Maybe someone's taken that extra step to encourage me and to help me we need to consider the one that has been overtaken in a fall. 
Are we even aware of these people's situations? Are we even aware of the problems that they're confronted with in life sometimes? We need to stop and consider. We'll not read it this time, but there in Hebrews 3, 12 through 14, we find that we're encouraged to exhort them, lest they become hardened by sin. While we find those that, if we approach them, so many times they'll be willing to take the step, and it will have its effect upon these people. Remember, as the admonition is given here, the approach is to be daily. Some people say, why, why we spent all this time with all these people, maybe one more time. One more encouragement will bring them back. What it boils down to in the second verse here in Galatians chapter 6, Paul said to bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We need to have people to overcome. They will become stronger. But then, as we mentioned a few minutes ago, we're the ones in the long run that are going to be blessed. Note that last verse in Ephesians 4. Well, verse 31, first of all, Paul said to let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven now, as we pointed toward in the lesson this morning, this is something we need to consider. When people, as a result of encouragement and admonition, are willing to repent, are we willing to forgive? Paul says what we need here is kindness. He says we need to be tender-hearted. And here's our phrase again, one another. Forgiving one another. Even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Hebrew, uh, Romans 5, verse 8. God commended his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Paul says, when we look at the brother, been overtaken in a fall, we need to be kind, we need to be considerate, and we need to be forgiving. We're not careful. We're going to break down that bridge over which we have to cross. Even as God for Christ's sake, have forgiven us. 
Am I my brother's keeper? You know, this tells us a lot about each other, how we answer this question. But we keep coming back. John 13, 34, and 35. Jesus said, A new commandment I give unto you. If you love one another, as I have loved you. This is the way we're recognized as disciples of Jesus. We need to recognize. There are lonely people out there tonight. There are long people that they need our encouragement and they need our help. The story is told about a British writer that was leaving Liverpool by ship and he noticed that everybody else had someone down on the dock that was waving to them. And he rushed down to the dock and he found a little boy and he asked the little boy, would would you wave to me when I go back up on the ship? And he paid him price. He ran back up on the ship, and when he was up there, he started waving, and there's the little fellow that had been paid. But he was waving to this right. Not much of a problem. Oh, there are people out there tonight that need just a wave, a handshake, an extension of I really appreciate the elders asking for lessons along these lines, and I think that we can see things that, you know, are so critical as far as the growth of the local congregation is concerned. We talk about so many times certain programs that we need to start and uh, all of these things that we need to do. I think that it comes back to each of us as individual Christians. The attitude that we demonstrate and our relationship to one another as New Testament Christians and to those people in the world. Are you here tonight? Maybe you're here and you know that your life is not right. It may be that here tonight knowing that you haven't ever taken that step that you need to take to step out upon your faith, willing to leave that old life behind, coming in repentance, confess your faith in Christ, and be buried with him in baptism. Maybe as a Christian, you know that things are not right this be the case, why not make things right tonight? Songs been selected, need be. Won't you come while we stand and serve?